Book Three, Part One of Laws by Plato, translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Athenian, enough of this. And what then is to be regarded as the origin of government? Will not a man be able to judge of it best from a point of view in which he may behold the progress of states and their transitions to good or evil? Cleinias, what do you mean? Athenian, I mean that he might watch them from the point of view of time and observe the changes which take place in them during infinite ages. Cleinias, how so? Athenian, why do you think that you can reckon the time which has elapsed since cities first existed and men were citizens of them cleinias hardly athenian but are sure that it must be vast and incalculable cleinias certainly athenian and have not thousands and thousands of cities come into being during this period and as many perished and has not each of them had every form of government many times over now growing larger now smaller and again improving or declining cleinias to be sure athenian let us endeavour to ascertain the cause of these changes for that will probably explain the first origin and development of forms of government cleinias very good you shall endeavour to import your thoughts to us and we will make an effort to understand you athenian do you believe that there is any truth in ancient traditions cleinias what traditions athenian the traditions about the many destructions of mankind which have been occasioned by deluges and pestilences and in many other ways and of the survival of a remnant cleinias every one is disposed to believe them athenian let us consider one of them that which was caused by the famous deluge cleinias what are we to observe about it athenian i mean to say that those who then escaped would only be hill shepherds small sparks of the human race preserved on the tops of mountains cleinias clearly athenian such survivors would necessarily be unacquainted with the arts and the various devices which are suggested to the dwellers in cities by interest or ambition and with all the wrongs which they contrive against one another cleinias very true athenian let us suppose then that the cities in the plain and on the sea coast were utterly destroyed at that time cleinias very good athenian would not all implements have then perished and every other excellent invention of political or any other sort of wisdom have utterly disappeared cleinias why yes my friend and if things had always continued as they are at present ordered how could any discovery have ever been made even in the least particular for it is evident that the arts were unknown during ten thousand times ten thousand years and no more than a thousand or two thousand years have elapsed since the discoveries of daedalus orpheus and palamedes since marcius and olympus invented music and amphion the lyre not to speak of numberless other inventions which are but of yesterday athenian have you forgotten cleinias the name of a friend who is really of yesterday cleinias i suppose that you mean epimenides 
athenian the same my friend he does indeed far overleap the heads of all mankind by his invention for he carried out in practice as you declare what of old hesiod works in days only preached cleinias yes according to our tradition athenian after the great destruction may we not suppose that the state of man was something of this sort in the beginning of things there was a fearful illimitable desert and a vast expanse of land a herd or two of oxen would be the only survivors of the animal world and there might be a few goats these too hardly enough to maintain the shepherds who tended them cleinias true athenian and of cities or governments or legislation about which we are now talking do you suppose that they could have any recollection at all cleinias none whatever athenian and out of this state of things has there not sprung all that we now are and have cities and governments and arts and laws and a great deal of vice and a great deal of virtue cleinias what do you mean athenian why my good friend how can we possibly suppose that those who knew nothing of all the good and evil of cities could have attained their full development whether of virtue or of vice cleinias i understand your meaning and you are quite right athenian but as time advanced and the race multiplied the world came to be what the world is cleinias very true athenian doubtless the change was not made all in a moment but little by little during a very long period of time cleinias a highly probable supposition athenian at first they would have a natural fear ringing in their ears which would prevent their descending from the heights into the plain cleinias of course athenian the fewness of the survivors at that time would have made them all the more desirous of seeing one another but then the means of travelling either by land or sea had been almost entirely lost as i may say with the loss of the arts and there was great difficulty in getting at one another for iron and brass and all metals were jumbled together and had disappeared in the chaos nor was there any possibility of extracting ore from them and they had scarcely any means of felling timber even if you suppose that some implements might have been preserved in the mountains they must quickly have worn out and vanished and there would be no more of them until the art of metallurgy had again revived cleinias there could not have been athenian in how many generations would this be attained cleinias clearly not for many generations athenian during this period and for some time afterwards all the arts which require iron and brass and the like would disappear cleinias certainly athenian faction and war would also have died out in those days and for many reasons cleinias how would that be athenian in the first place the desolation of these primitive men would create in them a feeling of affection and goodwill towards one another and secondly they would have no occasion to quarrel about their subsistence for they would have pasture in abundance except just at first and in some particular cases and from their pasture land they would obtain the greater part of their food in a primitive age having plenty of milk and flesh 
moreover they would procure other food by the chase not to be despised either in quantity or quality they would also have abundance of clothing and bedding and dwellings and utensils either capable of standing on the fire or not for the plastic and weaving arts do not require any use of iron and god has given these two arts to man in order to provide him with all such things that when reduced to the last extremity the human race may still grow and increase hence in those days mankind were not very poor nor was poverty a cause of difference among them and rich they could not have been having neither gold nor silver such at that time was their condition and the community which has neither poverty nor riches will always have the noblest principles in it there is no insolence or injustice nor again are there any contentions or envyings and therefore they were good and also because they were what is called simple-minded and when they were told about good and evil they in their simplicity believed what they heard to be very truth and practised it no one had the wit to suspect another of a falsehood as men do now but what they heard about gods and men they believed to be true and lived accordingly and therefore they were in all respects such as we have described them cleinias that quite accords with my views and with those of my friend here athenian would not many generations living on in a simple manner although ruder perhaps and more ignorant of the arts generally and in particular of those of land or naval warfare and likewise of other arts termed in cities legal practices and party conflicts and including all conceivable ways of hurting one another in word indeed although inferior to those who lived before the deluge or to the men of our day in these respects would they not i say be simpler and more manly and also more temperate and altogether more just the reason has been already explained cleinias very true athenian i should wish you to understand that what has preceded and what is about to follow has been and will be said with the intention of explaining what need the men of that time had of laws and who was their lawgiver cleinias and thus far what you have said has been very well said athenian they could hardly have wanted lawgivers as yet nothing of that sort was likely to have existed in their days for they had no letters at this early period they lived by habit and the customs of their ancestors as they are called cleinias probably athenian but there was already existing a form of government which if i am not mistaken is generally termed a lordship and this still remains in many places both among hellenes and barbarians compare aristotle's politics and is the government which is declared by homer to have prevailed among the cyclops they have neither counsels nor judgments but they dwell in hollow caves on the tops of high mountains and every one gives law to his wife and children and they do not busy themselves about one another odyssey cleinias that seems to be a charming poet of yours i have read some other verses of his which are very clever but i do not know much of him for foreign poets are very little read among the cretans megillus but they are in lacedaemon 
and he appears to be the prince of them all the manner of life however which he describes is not spartan but rather ionian and he seems quite to confirm what you are saying when he traces up the ancient state of mankind by the help of tradition to barbarism athenian yes he does confirm it and we may accept his witness to the fact that such forms of government sometimes arise cleinias we may athenian and were not such states composed of men who had been dispersed in single habitations and families by the poverty which attended the devastations and did not the eldest then rule among them because with them government originated in the authority of a father and a mother whom like a flock of birds they followed forming one troop under the patriarchal rule and sovereignty of their parents which of all sovereignties is the most just cleinias very true athenian after this they came together in greater numbers and increased the size of their cities and betook themselves to husbandry first of all at the foot of the mountains and made enclosures of loose walls and works of defence in order to keep off wild beasts thus creating a single large and common habitation cleinias yes at least we may suppose so athenian there is another thing which would probably happen cleinias what athenian when these larger habitations grew up out of the lesser original ones each of the lesser ones would survive in the larger every family would be under the rule of the eldest and owing to their separation from one another would have peculiar customs in things divine and human which they would have received from their several parents who had educated them and these customs would incline them to order when the parents had the element of order in their nature and to courage when they had the element of courage and they would naturally stamp upon their children and upon their children's children their own likings and as we are saying they would find their way into the larger society having already their own peculiar laws cleinias certainly athenian and every man surely likes his own laws best and the laws of others not so well cleinias true athenian then now we seem to have stumbled upon the beginnings of legislation cleinias exactly athenian the next step will be that these persons who have met together will select some arbiters who will review the laws of all of them and will publicly present such as they approve to the chiefs who lead the tribes and who are in a manner their kings allowing them to choose those which they think best these persons will themselves be called legislators and will appoint the magistrates framing some sort of aristocracy or perhaps monarchy out of the dynasties or lordships and in this altered state of the government they will live cleinias yes that would be the natural order of things athenian then now let us speak of a third form of government in which all other forms and conditions of politics and cities concur cleinias what is that athenian the form which in fact homer indicates as following the second this third form arose when as he says dardanus founded dardania for not 
as yet had the holy ilium been built on the plain to be a city of speaking men but they were still dwelling at the foot of many fountained ida for indeed in these verses and in what he said of the cyclops he speaks the words of god and nature for poets are a divine race and often in their strains by the aid of the muses and the graces they attain truth cleinias yes athenian then now let us proceed with the rest of our tale which will probably be found to illustrate in some degree our proposed design shall we do so cleinias by all means athenian ilium was built when they descended from the mountain in a large and fair plain on a sort of low hill watered by many rivers descending from ida cleinias such is the tradition athenian and we must suppose this event to have taken place many ages after the deluge athenian a marvellous forgetfulness of the former destruction would appear to have come over them when they placed their town right under numerous streams flowing from the heights trusting for their security to not very high hills either cleinias there must have been a long interval clearly athenian and as population increased many other cities would begin to be inhabited cleinias doubtless athenian those cities made war against troy by sea as well as land for at that time men were ceasing to be afraid of the sea cleinias clearly athenian the achaeans remained ten years and overthrew troy cleinias true athenian and during the ten years in which the achaeans were besieging ilium the homes of the besiegers were falling into an evil plight their youth revolted and when the soldiers returned to their own cities and families they did not receive them properly and as they ought to have done and numerous deaths murders exiles were the consequence the exiles came again under a new name no longer achaeans but dorians a name which they derived from Doreus, for it was he who gathered them together the rest of the story is told by you lacedaemonians as part of the history of sparta megillus to be sure athenian thus after digressing from the original subject of laws into music and drinking bouts the argument has providentially come back to the same point and presents to us another handle for we have reached the settlement of lacedaemon which as you truly say is in laws and in institutions the sister of crete and we are all the better for the digression because we have gone through various governments and settlements and have been present at the foundation of a first second and third state succeeding one another in infinite time and now there appears on the horizon a fourth state or nation which was once in process of settlement and has continued settled to this day if out of all this we are able to discern what is well or ill settled and what laws are the salvation and what are the destruction of cities and what changes would make a state happy o megillus and cleinias we may now begin again unless we have some fault to find with the previous discussion 
megillus if some god stranger would promise us that our new inquiry about legislation would be as good and full as the present i would go a great way to hear such another and would think that a day as long as this and we are now approaching the longest day of the year was too short for the discussion athenian then i suppose that we must consider this subject megillus certainly athenian let us place ourselves in thought at the moment when lacedaemon and argos and messene and the rest of the peloponnesus were all in complete subjection megillus to your ancestors for afterwards as the legend informs us they divided their army into three portions and settled three cities argos messene lacedaemon megillus true athenian timenus was the king of argos Cresphontes of Messene, Proclus and Eurysthenes of Lacedaemon. Megillus, certainly. Athenian, to these kings all the men of that day made oath that they would assist them if any one subverted their kingdom. Megillus, true. Athenian, but can a kingship be destroyed, or was any other form of government ever destroyed by any but the rulers themselves? No, indeed, by zeus have we already forgotten what was said a little while ago megillus no athenian and may we not now further confirm what was then mentioned for we have come upon facts which have brought us back again to the same principle so that in resuming the discussion we shall not be inquiring about an empty theory but about events which actually happened the case was as follows three royal heroes made oath to three cities which were under a kingly government and the cities to the kings that both rulers and subjects should govern and be governed according to the laws which were common to all of them the rulers promised that as time and the race went forward they would not make their rule more arbitrary and the subject said that if the rulers observed these conditions they would never subvert or permit others to subvert those kingdoms the kings were to assist kings and peoples when injured and the peoples were to assist peoples and kings in like manner is not this the fact megillus yes athenian and the three states to whom these laws were given whether their kings or any others were the authors of them had therefore the greatest security for the maintenance of their constitutions megillus what security athenian that the other two states were always to come to the rescue against a rebellious third megillus true athenian many persons say that legislators ought to impose such laws as the mass of the people will be ready to receive but this is just as if one were to command gymnastic masters or physicians to treat or cure their pupils or patients in an agreeable manner megillus exactly athenian whereas the physician may often be too happy if he can restore health and make the body whole without any very great infliction of pain megillus certainly athenian there was also another advantage possessed by the men of that day which greatly lightened the task of passing laws megillus what advantage athenian 
the legislators of that day when they equalized property escaped the great accusation which generally arises in legislation if a person attempts to disturb the possession of land or to abolish debts because he sees that without this reform there can never be any real equality now in general when the legislator attempts to make a new settlement of such matters every one meets him with the cry that he is not to disturb vested interests declaring with imprecations that he is introducing agrarian laws and cancelling of debts until a man is at his wit's end whereas no one could quarrel with the dorians for distributing the land there was nothing to hinder them and as for debts they had none which were considerable or of old standing megillus very true athenian but then my good friends why did the settlement and legislation of their country turn out so badly megillus how do you mean and why do you blame them athenian there were three kingdoms and of these two quickly corrupted their original constitution and laws and the only one which remained was the spartan megillus the question which you ask is not easily answered athenian and yet must be answered when we are inquiring about laws this being our old man's sober game of play whereby we beguiled the way as i was saying when we first set out on our journey megillus certainly and we must find out why this was athenian what laws are more worthy of our attention than those which have regulated such cities or what settlements of states are greater or more famous megillus i know of none athenian can we doubt that your ancestors intended these institutions not only for the protection of peloponnesus but of all the hellenes in case they were attacked by the barbarian for the inhabitants of the region about ilium when they provoked by their insolence the trojan war relied upon the power of the assyrians and the empire of ninus which still existed and had a great prestige the people of those days fearing the united assyrian empire just as we now fear the great king and the second capture of troy was a serious offence against them because troy was a portion of the assyrian empire to meet the danger the single army was distributed between three cities by the royal brothers sons of heracles a fair device as it seemed and a far better arrangement than the expedition against troy for firstly the people of that day had as they thought in the heraclidae better leaders than the pelopidae in the next place they considered that their army was superior in valour to that which went against troy for although the latter conquered the trojans they were themselves conquered by the heraclidae achaeans by dorians may we not suppose that this was the intention with which the men of those days framed the constitutions of their states megillus quite true athenian and would not men who had shared with one another many dangers and were governed by a single race of royal brothers and had taken the advice of oracles and in particular of the delphian apollo be likely to think that such states would be firmly and lastingly established megillus of course they would athenian yet these institutions of which such great expectations were entertained seemed to have all rapidly vanished away 
with the exception as i was saying of that small part of them which existed in your land and this third part has never to this day ceased warring against the two others whereas if the original idea had been carried out and they had agreed to be one their power would have been invincible in war megillus no doubt athenian but what was the ruin of this glorious confederacy here is a subject well worthy of consideration megillus certainly no one will ever find more striking instances of laws or governments being the salvation or destruction of great and noble interests than are here presented to his view athenian then now we seem to have happily arrived at a real and important question megillus very true athenian did you never remark sage friend that all men and we ourselves at this moment often fancy that they see some beautiful thing which might have effected wonders if any one had only known how to make a right use of it in some way and yet this mode of looking at things may turn out after all to be a mistake and not according to nature and either in our own case or in any other megillus to what are you referring and what do you mean athenian i was thinking of my own admiration of the aforesaid heracleid expedition which was so noble and might have had such wonderful results for the hellenes if only rightly used and i was just laughing at myself megillus but were you not right and wise in speaking as you did and we in assenting to you athenian perhaps and yet i cannot help observing that any one who sees anything great or powerful immediately has the feeling that if the owner only knew how to use his great and noble possession how happy would he be and what great results would he achieve megillus and would he not be justified athenian reflect in what point of view does this sort of praise appear just first in reference to the question in hand if the then commanders had known how to arrange their army properly how would they have attained success would not this have been the way they would have bound them all firmly together and preserved them for ever giving them freedom and dominion at pleasure combined with the power of doing in the whole world hellenic and barbarian whatever they and their descendants desired what other aim would they have had megillus very good athenian suppose any one were in the same way to express his admiration at the sight of great wealth or family honour or the like he would praise them under the idea that through them he would attain either all or the greater and chief part of what he desires megillus he would athenian well now and does not the argument show that there is one common desire of all mankind megillus what is it the athenian the desire which a man has that all things if possible at any rate things human may come to pass in accordance with his soul's desire megillus certainly athenian and having this desire always and at every time of life in youth in manhood in age he cannot help always praying for the fulfilment of it megillus no doubt athenian and we join in the prayers of our friends and ask for them what they ask for themselves megillus we do athenian dear is the son to the father the younger to the elder megillus of course 
athenian and yet the son often prays to obtain things which the father prays that he may not obtain megillus when the son is young and foolish you mean athenian yes or when the father in the dotage of age or the heat of youth having no sense of right and justice prays with fervour under the influence of feelings akin to those of theseus when he cursed the unfortunate hippolytus do you imagine that the son having a sense of right and justice will join in his father's prayers megillus i understand you to mean that a man should not desire or be in a hurry to have all things according to his wish for his wish may be at variance with his reason but every state and every individual ought to pray and strive for wisdom athenian yes and i remember and you will remember what i said at first that a statesman and legislator ought to ordain laws with a view to wisdom while you were arguing that the good lawgiver ought to order all with a view to war and to this i replied that there were four virtues which that upon your view one of them only was the aim of legislation whereas you ought to regard all virtue and especially that which comes first and is the leader of all the rest i mean wisdom and mind and opinion having affection and desire in their train and now the argument returns to the same point and i say once more in jest if you like or in earnest if you like that the prayer of a fool is full of danger being likely to end in the opposite of what he desires and if you would rather receive my words in earnest i am willing that you should and you will find i suspect as i have said already that not cowardice was the cause of the ruin of the dorian kings and of their whole design nor ignorance of military matters either on the part of the rulers or of their subjects but their misfortunes were due to their general degeneracy and especially to their ignorance of the most important human affairs that was then and is still and always will be the case as i will endeavour if you will allow me to make out and demonstrate as well as i am able to you who are my friends in the course of the argument cleinias pray go on stranger compliments are troublesome but we will show not in word but in deed how greatly we prize your words for we will give them our best attention and that is the way in which a free man best shows his approval or disapproval megillus excellent cleinias let us do as you say cleinias by all means if heaven wills go on athenian well then proceeding in the same train of thought i say that the greatest ignorance was the ruin of the dorian power and that now as then ignorance is ruin and if this be true the legislature must endeavour to implant wisdom athenian well then proceeding in the same train of thought i say that the greatest ignorance was the ruin of the dorian power and that now as then ignorance is ruin and if this be true the legislator must endeavour to implant wisdom in states and banish ignorance to the utmost of his power cleinias that is evident athenian then now consider what is really the greatest ignorance i should like to know whether you and megillus would agree with me in what i am about to say for my opinion is cleinias what athenian that the greatest ignorance is when a man hates that which he nevertheless thinks to be good and noble 
and loves and embraces that which he knows to be unrighteous and evil this disagreement between the sense of pleasure and the judgment of reason in the soul is in my opinion the worst ignorance and also the greatest because affecting the great mass of the human soul for the principle which feels pleasure and pain in the individual is like the mass or populace in a state and when the soul is opposed to knowledge or opinion or reason which are her natural lords that i call folly just as in the state when the multitude refuses to obey their rulers and the laws or again in the individual when fair reasonings have their habitation in the soul and yet do no good but rather the reverse of good all these cases i term the worst ignorance whether in individuals or in states you will understand stranger that i am speaking of something which is very different from the ignorance of handicraftsmen cleinias yes my friend we understand and agree athenian let us then in the first place declare and affirm that the citizen who does not know these things ought never to have any kind of authority entrusted to him he must be stigmatized as ignorant even though he be versed in calculation and skilled in all sorts of accomplishments and feats of mental dexterity and the opposite are to be called wise even although in the words of the proverb they know neither how to read nor how to swim and to them as to men of sense authority is to be committed for o oh my friends how can there be the least shadow of wisdom when there is no harmony there is none but the noblest and greatest of harmonies may be truly said to be the greatest wisdom and of this he is a partaker who lives according to reason whereas he who is devoid of reason is the destroyer of his house and the very opposite of a saviour of the state he is utterly ignorant of political wisdom let this then as i was saying be laid down by us cleinias let it be so laid down athenian i suppose that there must be rulers and subjects in states cleinias certainly athenian and what are the principles on which men rule and obey in cities whether great or small and similarly in families what are they and how many in number is there not one claim of authority which is always just that of fathers and mothers and in general of progenitors to rule over their offspring cleinias there is athenian next follows the principle that the noble should rule over the ignoble and thirdly that the elder should rule and the younger obey cleinias to be sure athenian and fourthly that slaves should be ruled and their masters rule cleinias of course athenian fifthly if i am not mistaken comes the principle that the stronger shall rule and the weaker be ruled cleinias that is a rule not to be disobeyed athenian yes and a rule which prevails very widely among all creatures and is according to nature as the theban poet pindar once said and the sixth principle and the greatest of all is that the wise should lead and command and the ignorant follow and obey and yet o thou most wise pindar as i should reply him this surely is not contrary to nature but according to nature being the rule of law over willing subjects and not 
a rule of compulsion cleinias most true athenian there is a seventh kind of rule which is awarded by lot and is dear to the gods and a token of good fortune he on whom the lot falls is a ruler and he who fails in obtaining the lot goes away and is the subject and this we affirm to be quite just cleinias certainly athenian then now as we say playfully to any of those who lightly undertake the making of laws you see legislator the principles of government how many they are and that they are naturally opposed to each other there we have discovered a fountainhead of seditions to which you must attend and first we will ask you to consider with us how and in what respect the kings of argos and messini violated these our maxims and ruined themselves and the great and famous hellenic power of the olden time was it because they did not know how wisely hesiod spoke when he said that the half is often more than the whole his meaning was that when to take the whole would be dangerous and to take the half would be the safe and moderate course then the moderate or better was more than the immoderate or worse cleinias very true athenian and may we suppose this immoderate spirit to be more fatal when found among kings than when among peoples cleinias the probability is that ignorance will be a disorder especially prevalent among kings because they lead a proud and luxurious life athenian is it not palpable that the chief aim of the kings of that time was to get the better of the established laws and that they were not in harmony with the principles which they had agreed to observe by word and oath this want of harmony may have had the appearance of wisdom but was really as we assert the greatest ignorance and utterly overthrew the whole empire by dissonance and harsh discord cleinias very likely athenian good and what measures ought the legislator to have then taken in order to avert this calamity truly there is no great wisdom in knowing and no great difficulty in telling after the evil has happened but to have foreseen the remedy at the time would have taken a much wiser head than ours megillus what do you mean athenian any one who looks at what has occurred with you lacedaemonians megillus may easily know and may easily say what ought to have been done at that time megillus speak a little more clearly athenian nothing can be clearer than the observation which i am about to make megillus what is it athenian that if any one gives too great a power to anything too large a sail to a vessel too much food to the body too much authority to the mind and does not observe the mean everything is overthrown and in the wantonness of excess runs in the one case to disorders and the other to injustice which is the child of excess i mean to say my dear friends that there is no soul of man young and irresponsible who will be able to sustain the temptation of arbitrary power no one who will not under such circumstances become filled with folly that worst of diseases and be hated by his nearest and dearest friends when this happens his kingdom is undermined and all his power vanishes from him and great legislators who know the mean should take heed of the danger as far as we can guess at this distance of time what happened was as follows megillus what 
athenian a god who watched over sparta seeing into the future gave you two families of kings instead of one and thus brought you more within the limits of moderation in the next place some human wisdom mingled with divine power observing that the constitution of your government was still feverish and excited tempered your inborn strength and pride of birth with the moderation which comes of age making the power of your twenty-eight elders equal with that of the kings in the most important matters but your third saviour perceiving that your government was still swelling and foaming and desirous to impose a curb upon it instituted the ephors whose power he made to resemble that of magistrates elected by lot and by this arrangement the kingly office being compounded of the right elements and duly moderated was preserved and was the means of preserving all the rest since if there had been only the original legislators timenus cresphontes and their contemporaries as far as they were concerned not even the portion of aristodemus would have been preserved for they had no proper experience in legislation or they would surely not have imagined that oaths would moderate a youthful spirit invested with a power which might be converted into tyranny now that god has instructed us what sort of government would have been or will be lasting there is no wisdom as i have already said in judging after the event there is no difficulty in learning from an example which has already occurred but if any one could have foreseen all this at the time and had been able to moderate the government of the three kingdoms and unite them into one he might have saved all the excellent institutions which were then conceived and no persian or any other armament would have dared to attack us or would have regarded hellas as a power to be despised cleinias true end of book three part one